USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. Indeed, been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, Kylan, Eric, and Mike, also known as Kim. Hey. <laughs> or if we go backwards, it's it's Mech. Mech. <laughs> so how's, um, how's yeah. everyone? How's everyone doing? It's been a week. It, it, it's been a week. I, I know it's a semi-loaded question since we do chat, and I, when I say chat, we chat pretty pretty good before show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but 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 you know it, it, it's great because then when we get to recording the show, we're already comfortable on the mics. We're already in a good mood. We're already filling right. each other out. Know how right. to react. It's, it's like a great warm up before we do the show. It is. So if you're a podcaster, I recommend the same thing. Just don't everyone get on and start recording. No, chat a little bit. No, because I mean yes. it feels it feels like we're hanging out anyway. But that warm up is like the, the pre hangout before oh, you it, hang out. It so. helps. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and of course, Eric and I were were less than less a than month. a month away from yes. celebration Orlando. Man, which still don't, I still haven't heard if Marvel's going to be there. Uh, it seems silly if they're not. They're not on the exhibitors list. Yeah, especially they would. Yes, especially with um, oh, mm. was it Secret Star Wars? Oh, what's the new crossover event for Star Wars coming? I know we've talked about it. was it Secret Castle. Oh, I I um, I'm, I feel bad and stupid for this now. Okay, I've been having a bad brain day today, so quite frankly, I know, I'm just going to agree too. with anything you say. Yeah, for the uh, most part, I, 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 I but yeah, the, this crossover is supposed remember. to take place in like May or June. So why not long, talk about it at at celebration? I know when I was at C six and Dark Horse did. Um, Night Errant, which is a great series as well, if you haven't read it. And it is available on Marvel Unlimited, so go check out Night Errant. Um, it, I, it, I, it, it'll, it'll help pass the weekend, you know, yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, and of course, Night Errant was the first comic. The that Screaming was Citadel. Screaming Citadel, there we go. Um, Screaming Citadel or Secret Citadel? Screaming Citadel. Okay. According um, to Bleeding Cool, it's Screaming Citadel. Thank you, Bleeding Cool. Um, and if we're and if we're wrong, hey, thanks, Bleeding Cool. Yeah, that's a whole other story, but we won't go there. <laughs> um, the um, 
Knight Errant was the first, as far as I know, one of the first comics that the novel was written by the same writer and released at the same time. So you got the comic version of the novel at the same time. Wow. In individual issues. And it's great. Great little story. Hmm. So, um, but Kylan was teasing before show, great little story on his own. And, and, yeah. And he, and he asked so nicely, sort of like Oliver from or from the, the show Oliver, may I have some more? Um, <laughs> Please, sir. Ky- Kylan may goes, I have some more? <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a rant. May I rant? Oh, and please, for, may I rant? And for, first we said no, <laughs> and then and then Kylan showed us he could do the backflip just like the guy from old school, <laughs> and uh, you know. we said okay, you do that, <laughs> you, you can rant. So the the soapbox is yours. Oh. Okay, let's rewind a week. You remember we the, the, there was that uh, the, the craptastic story uh, about the uh, critics' response to the first six episodes of Iron right. Fist. Right. Okay. Now I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not, but I'm four episodes in right now, okay. and I don't know what the heck these guys are talking about. I don't know what show they were watching. These guys or these people don't know their belly buttons from a hole in the ground. I'm just saying, I, you know, I'm watching this. Now, now here's the thing, and it, maybe it's because I I have a, an understanding of the character, which means that I, 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 I can't fathom approaching this series with an outsider's uh, point of view. You, you have a bias. I, I have a bit of a bias. But the, the thing is, Iron Fist requires a somewhat slower pace. And to be honest with you, this the pacing of this story is more comparable is, is actually comparable to the pacing of of a uh, ser- uh, series one of Daredevil. Okay. Okay. So so it, th- th- there's a lot that's going on. There's a lot of moving parts. Uh, and here's the other thing: people have to. I don't know if they. I don't know if they don't just don't notice it or. But they have to realize something. Daredevil. Daredevil's world is hell's is hell's kitchen. Jessica Jones's world is hell's kitchen. Luke Cage's world is Harlem. Danny Rand's excuse me. Danny Rand's world is Chinatown, maybe a little bit of the back alleys and Upper Manhattan because he's a he, he, he's a rich kid. He is, right. and you know you're not going to get the same kind of story. You're not. Uh, that. I, I, I just I think that I think people a lot I think a lot of people went into this wanting wanting it to fail. I think that's what they did because I'm watching this and I'm not seeing what they were talking about. I'm just not. Well, remember, remember too. We mentioned they were wanting it to fail because they weren't using an Asian actor for Danny Rand. Right, and but the thing that they and here's the thing, Danny. And I actually, I went back I about a year ago. I think maybe roughly about a year ago. I I had written a blog about about this whole thing with Danny uh, because uh, it came out about a year ago. You know that there were issues with um, the the lack of diversity and with Danny being white and not Asian and all that stuff. 
Right. So I went back and I reread that blog, and it brought up a couple of points that I had forgotten from a couple from the articles at that point. And coming back to it, it is important that Danny Rand is white because he is an outside. He is as much. He was as much of an outsider in Kun Lun as he is in Manhattan. Right. And it, that is important. I think you know it doesn't matter because he looks like everybody else. He looks just like he looks like the majority of the people in the boardroom and the people walking the streets. But yet he does not fit in. He looks nothing like the people surrounding him that saved his life they are training him in Kun Lun looks nothing like them but they ultimately accept him they, they, they accept him for who he is where but in to a certain degree he's still an outsider in that world but they accept him he comes back to this world where they they, they well here's I, a question yeah. for you Kylan yeah yeah okay 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 People talk about diversity and uh, and inclusion mm-hmm. as it pertains to the United States, right? Because they they write it from a perspective of white man bad, other man good, right? 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 All right. And in in certain scenarios, mm-hmm. I think it's a very valid point, right? Like case in point with Doctor Strange and the casting of Tilda Swinton mm-hmm. as the agent one, mm-hmm. and we have we have discussed that on this very show, and saying that it really needed to be an agent. Yeah. But let's take this question a step further. Okay. What happens when the white man is the outsider? What happens when it's the white man who's the minority? Which is exactly what you had with Danny Rand over in Asia. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And that that and that's the beauty of this story. Well, one of the mini gems. Don't get me wrong, but that's the beauty of this story. And there's and there's so many other things that are going on. So many, and I'm not going to spoil. But there there's in the in that article they missed so many key points. So many key points because they're too busy trying to get their hate on. And well, see, I think part of the problem is that I think you touched on it just a minute. Minute ago, you have to come with a certain understanding of the character, a yes. certain understanding oh, yeah, of, yeah. The, of the setting and the story. Right? These people aren't. No, they no. are. They're coming in as it's just another TV show. You have they're, to be familiar with the source material, and if you're an easily offended, casual fan of stuff, mm-hmm. then yes, I can totally see where this could be construed as the quote unquote white savior syndrome. Right. I think it's totally off the mark. Oh, completely. Well, it's the social justice warriors trying to step in and, and do what everyone tried to do back with the original Kung Fu series when, oh, it's David yeah. Carradine, not Bruce Lee. Right. Um, but but it was – no, go ahead. Go ahead. But with this, it's like – they heard, oh, Iron Fist, it's a Kung Fu series. They've cast a white guy. Why? It needs to be a, an Asian guy. I mean, it's not like they've taken and said, oh, we we have Luke Cage, and we're going to cast him as a 
as a Mongolian Russian. Exactly. Let me, let me ask this question. Okay. Did y'all hear anybody complaining when they made Heimdall a black man? No. No. Did you hear anyone complaining when they made uh, Nick Fury a black man? No. I I no. I was on a couple. Uh, I was on a couple of sites where they did, but those were fanboys, and we know what they're like. Well, yeah, all right. But, well, yeah. If you made see, I don't, I don't mind that. Just I, I remember the original Nick Fury, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say the real Nick Fury. The black Nick Fury was the ultimate Nick Fury. Yes, and it yeah. just wound up. He, he's, he's a tough as nails, as cool as all get out. Nick Fury. I'm saying, if you're gonna, if you're gonna argue about diversity, and I think you should argue about diversity. Yeah, yeah. And I will give Marvel full props in the. Comics and even in the MCU for going out there and putting in some extra diversity, like making your Heimdall a black guy, right. making you know, making sure that the Nick Fury is the ultimate Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Because quite frankly, that the idea of casting Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, I, I, whoever did that, needs to be had more money thrown at him. Exactly, because exactly. that was that is a beautiful casting decision. Yes, but at the time you had at the same time you really need to check your source material before you start ranting and raving about how you shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't be doing that exactly if if you're staying true to the source material why are we why are we having this conversation that, that it's it's because of the day and age we're living in. You know, and you know the thing is, I find it interesting that nobody is bellyaching because um, Carrie Ann Moss, Carrie Ann Moss's character, is a gender swap of a uh, of a of a character. Um, right. Uh, who? Because uh, Jerry Hogarth uh, in the comics is, is male, and 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 she's gender swapped, and and, and she, sexual orientation swapped. Then uh, yeah, sexual orientation swapped. And she's still she's a tough as nails lawyer. Uh, in either case, it doesn't matter. But it's you know, but that you know, there's that opportunity. But apparently, that doesn't matter because you know they 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 they're they're trying to. And I'm, I'm going to say this, and if you guys don't like, if your listeners don't like it, I can understand it. Write your letters to me. Uh, I'll take it. But I'm just going to say it. There is a fine line between uh, respecting a culture and pandering. And just because a character is Asian doesn't mean that they have to be a martial arts master. It doesn't See? mean that they have to be good mathematics. It, it does I'm just like, really? There is a fine line between genius and madness. That too. (laughs) And really, if you're saying this should be an Asian person, aren't you guilty of stereotyping? Thank you. Yes, you are. And I'll be in my life. I've known many martial artists and the majority of them are white and some of them are black. And I know very few Asian martial artists. Very few. Just say in this country, in this country, (laughs) based on my experience here. So the idea of Danny Rand being a white kung fu master is not really that much outside of the realm of reality. It's not whitewashing. It is a representation of the world as we know it here in America. Yeah, I'm just saying. So yeah, yeah. You know, I, I you know the thing is, I in this they're talking about how no these people had gone six issues, six episodes into the show and and it's slow and it's well you know what you know what slow gets you and now 
was just thinking about this. You know what slow gets you? Slow gets you pulled pork and brisket. Yes, it does. So don't talk. Slow is not always a bad thing. Am I right? <laughs> I think we may have a show title. Slow gets you pulled pork and brisket. I'm just, uh, you, I, I'm a barbecue man. You know what? I'm, when, when it takes six to eight hours to cook some meat. I'm, I'm right with you there, dude. I am uh, right with you. I'm right with you. There's nothing wrong with slow. There's nothing wrong with it. And whatever these, I, I'm, I, you know what? We got, I know we got more show to do. So I'm just going to get off the soapbox here. But yeah. Well, no, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there this way. It's the fanboys. I hate to throw any fanboys listening to us, but I'm going to do it. It's the fanboys. It's the fanboys and the social justice warriors, aka the critics, who are putting out the bad name for for true for a lot of the true fans, for mm-hmm. those who who know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry, Nick Fury. Oh, those who are up in arms. You know what? That's okay. It's one him doll. It's okay. Cool. It's fine. But you know, with um, the ancient one and Doctor Strange, yeah, that was a bad judgment call. That right. that is warranted. That you you get a pass for for criticizing that to us. But Iron Fist, uh, kiss my butt. Well, to <laughs> quote to quote Flo, kiss my grits. That's, that's all I got to say. Kiss my grits. Um, the I I don't know. It, it's it's just one of those I. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> See, we can rant I, all show. I, I, I got you guys all riled we, up too. Now, so. Well, the Iron Fist showrunner didn't know there was a controversy until after casting was over. Uh, okay. I mean, how, how hard is that to believe? Oh, I didn't know that was a problem. Uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure to believe that. I think this is a, I think I this is a CYA moment. Uh, this yeah. comes from comicbook.com. Uh, this week, Netflix will bring its next solo Marvel series to life with Iron Fist. Well, at the time of this recording, it's out, folks. Go check it out. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. the, um, I'm going I'm to jump ahead. Just like the comic... Iron Fist has become a hot topic because it's a, of its uncomfortable racial boundaries. Are you noticing that in the show in four episodes? That what? 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 what, what, what say it again. It's. I missed un- that. Has become a hot topic because of its uncomfortable racial boundaries. What? I'm sorry. I, I, okay. Then, then let what, me continue. What show are that? Mm. Mm. Hollywood continue- uncomfortable for some. Hollywood continues to come under fire for misrepresenting or outright excluding diversity in its products. And many fans were outraged when Marvel Studio- Studios sided with Netflix on an unpopular casting choice. An online campaign was in full force before Iron Fist began production. Yeah, we know how those go, don't we? Yeah, which was asked the studios to hire an Asian American actor to play Danny Rand again, fanboys and social justice warriors. I think you're going a little bit too far calling these people fans, because if they were fans, they would know he's been a white guy since day one. See, that's why I say that's why I say fanboys They're I'm almost going to use the term fanboys in the way of bandwagoners. Oh, we really like the Marvel product now because it's really cool. And and, and a lot of times the fanboys don't know either. It's the fans that are shutting everyone up. Um, However, 
Um, Jones was ultimately brought in for the part, leaving Sex to accuse Iron Fist of using the white savior trope. Uh, so to get to the again, if you were a fan, you'd know he's not a white savior. So he is so. So according to Scott Buck, when he was speaking to the Daily Beast, well, that was his problem speaking to them as well. Uh, he stressed he was not aware of the fans' desire to see a non-white actor portray Danny Rand after Jones had been cast. His quote, To me, it was just finding the best actor for that. It wasn't until after we cast Finn that I became aware that there had been, you know, some controversy over that. I understood where it's coming from, he continued, but we weren't just thinking in that way. At least I certainly wasn't. I was concentrating on the story and who would be the greatest actor to play this character. So now, so now we're talking about a showrunner who's claiming he doesn't know the source material either, or he would have possibly caved in and cast. You, and you know what? You will ruin that. That would have completely changed the story and completely ruined the series. Because it says more about somebody being an outsider when they are in their own, when they're in the world that they came from and they're still an outsider. That says more than, oh, he's a martial artist. We should make him Asian. Well, how, how about this? Let's go back to the. I, oh my god! Let, let's go back to the original Daredevil movie. Mm-hmm, exactly. Kingpin, black guy. Mm-hmm. No one complained then either. No, and he Kingpin, did a pretty good job. Kingpin, he was a really good Kingpin. Kingpin now did Vincent. Even uh, it was Michael Clark Duncan, right? Yeah, it's Michael yeah. Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan and. Neither one of them looked like Ralphie May. Nope. Or or looked like someone who was six hundred pounds. Nope. Mm-mm. No. Here's a or bit of I... trivia for you. John Reese Davies once played the Kingpin. That's right in the in the, the Trial of the Incredible Hulk on the t- oh, yeah made for TV movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't heavy set either, or not Kingpin heavy set. No, no, not at all. No, no. I, I just. Yeah, there. God, you know, okay. There, 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 there's a couple of scenes that involve um the triads, okay, the Ch- Chinese uh Chinese mafia, okay, mm-hmm. and 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 the, and the hands involved too, which is not a big surprise because well, okay, so I don't if I spoiled anything, I apologize, but there is no, there's no discomfort. I. I no, oh my, I, who? We've I'm, broken Kylan. I'm just like, I, I And the sad I, part I, is, I, I didn't even say Channing Tatum. No, oh my, I, you know what, I, I think he, I, if you said Channing Tatum, I'm, I would not be this, I'm try, I'm confused right now. I'm like, what show did they, are they watching? Cause it's not the one that I'm watching. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to, I would love to sit down and interview these people and, and, and see what are they talking about. What, what is the next? Convention? I honestly don't think it'll matter. Uh, you could talk to them, and they could talk to you. But it's the not thing is, things. they would not. They would not be talking to you. They'd be talking at you, because that's what critics do. Yeah. Well, that's what social justice warriors do as well. You know, yeah. I'm kind of leaving social justice warriors out of this because it's not just a social justice warrior thing. I'm talking about critics in general. Yeah. yeah. Critics in general. They make their money from making from spouting opinions that are bound to get attention and get buzz. They're looking for clickbait. They're looking for clickbait. That's exactly what they're doing. They're looking for clickbait. They are. 
They are. I, now I'm. I'm confused. I'm confused. I don't know. I. I just don't. I. 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 You know. Maybe. I. Maybe we. Maybe I should just chalk it up to a lack of understanding of the source material. Maybe I don't know. But that's probably again, your best bet. Is it a lack is. of? Is it a lack of understanding or a lack of wanting to understand? You know. It, I, I. I. I think of it like this. How many people? How many people go off over Tarzan? Yeah, because you know, because you know, he's because because right, ultimately, you know, he was a, he was a white baby left in the jungle, raised by apes, and and so like now, like so he's swinging through the jungle, and he knows how to talk to animals, and he can talk to different tribes, and everybody listens to him. Okay, so but you know, do people get upset because in essence he's 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 a great white savior that comes in and brings all the tribes together? Or they, or it, it doesn't make sense. They, they don't understand how somebody who's a minority is able to survive in such a hostile environment. You, you know what I'm saying? I like. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm taking it to a whole other level. I don't know. These people are giving me a headache. I just. I don't know. Well, let's move on then to uh, someone else who got. Yeah, a while, he- while we're headache. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about somebody who actually thought he was fired because he wasn't cast in a particular movie. Understandably so. Yeah, let's let's go back to uh, Captain America: Civil War, shall we? Uh, You you had a bunch of MCU's heroes and well, not really and villains, uh, but you had the the villain. See, you've done it to me too. Now my brain hurts. You had so many of the MCU's heroes in there. Right. But there were two noticeable absences. Mm-hmm. Bruce Banner slash Hulk mm-hmm. and Thor. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and Chris Hemsworth was talking to Entertainment Weekly, and he it, clearly he was joking around when he said it, but he wondered if both he and Mark Ruffalo had been fired after they wasn't showing up in Civil War. He said, he said, quote, I was like, what? Are we being fired? But uh, he said... Marvel quickly reassured us, no, you guys have got your own journey going on, and in order for that to work, you can't be a part of this one. And really, that, that makes sense. Yeah, it yeah, makes it does. perfect sense because if if you had either one of them in Civil War, it would just it, it would throw the balance off. Yeah. Because one of the things about Civil War, it was pretty well matched, was it, it not? Was, yeah. I it thought was, it was. Yeah. You put even if you put one on each team, and then there's the question of well, who sides with what? Yeah. I mean, would Hulk side with Iron Man? Then would Thor side with Cap? What happens if they both side with one? The other side is just... You have a five-minute short subject. This would be like a Pixar short. (laughs) Civil War? Oh, heck no. It's one side in Civil Skirmish. Pretty much, Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense that those two, the most physically powerful of the Avengers, mm-hmm. not take part in this. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take them out, you got to have a reason as to why they're not playing a role. Right. Oh, yeah. What better reason to fling them all the way across the galaxy and fight each other for the amusement of others? Yep. Uh, it's like uh, I'm reading this from comicbook.com. Well, it, it, makes it, 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 it makes it easy to understand why Hulk is now off world. If yes. Thor took him off and instead of what they did with Planet Hulk and, oh, 
we tricked you onto this rocket. Bye-bye. Right. Well, this right. Way, the way that Age of Ultron ended is the perfect setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's in the Quinjet. Now, granted, the Quinjet crashes like somewhere in the Pacific or somewhere. I can't remember exactly what they say, but it did eventually crash to Earth. Mm-hmm. Well, alien abduction. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But according to this article, they have a little blurb about the, uh, the, the plot synopsis. Thor is imprisoned on the other side of the universe without his mighty hammer, which is why we see shots from the set where he's just carrying swords, and finds himself in a race against time to get back to Asgard to stop Ragnarok, which is the destruction of his homeworld and the end of the Asgardian civilization, mm-hmm. at the hands of an all-powerful new threat, the ruthless Hela. But first right. he must survive a deadly gladiatorial contest that pits him against his former ally and fellow Avenger, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> this, this also explains all the Planet Hulk paraphernalia that we've seen floating around on the internet. Yep. Okay. So it's a nice, we won't be, we likely won't be seeing Planet Hulk right. no. by itself, or even a large portion, portion of Planet Hulk, but you'll see a stylistic tip of the hat. We're seeing an aftermath. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we've got uh, the, the the cast. Of course, we know who is going to be cast as Thor. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth, fifth time appearing as Thor. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is back as Loki. Idris Elba as the Asgardian sentry Heimdall, black man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to tie into to your rant from earlier. Um, <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins is back playing Odin. You get the feeling that he's enjoying that. I get um, the feeling he does. Uh, you know, it's just it's just cool. Uh, if I were Anthony Hopkins, I'd be I'd be enjoying as well. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, again, as Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Blanchett as Hela. Jeff Goldblum as Grandmaster. Uh, Tessa Thompson is playing Valkyrie. And Carl Urban, remember Aylmer? Bones? Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's played other roles. Those are two Dread. Roles are- yeah, he's Judge yep, uh, Dredd. Dread, so. He is going to be Scourge. Really? Yeah. I could deal with that. Okay. And then we've got, then it's written by Craig Kyle, directed by Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. and it releases November 3rd. All right. See, this one I'm actually looking forward to, mm-hmm. as opposed to the last two. This might be Thor's first film, instead of Loki <laughs> and Loki 2. Exactly. So. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed as well. Uh, and, you know, I... I, I agree. I, I felt like uh, Civil War was a well-balanced movie, and uh, you know, to to add Thor and, and Hulk to that would have just taken the battles to like like uh, like ridiculous levels of yeah pa- like power levels that we didn't need. Like there was enough stuff going on as it is, you know. So I I, th- I think it was a, a good move on their part that they kept the teams the way they did. So. Well, I found it interesting that eric brought up this is chris's fifth movie yep oh mm-hmm. yeah it is it is real interesting because uh apparently um chris evans uh, is uh is talking about moving on from steve rogers after the uh, avengers infinity war yeah so um and this is an article from comicbookmovie.com. And so right now he's beginning to train uh, for for Infinity War. And so in this interview, he was talking about how he was it, it was a uh, it was a there was a there's a uh, an interview with Esquire magazine. And he was just talking about how he was just so he's sore from, you know, the workouts and everything for preparing for uh, Infinity War. But, you know, it has been a 
long time. He's been playing Captain America for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but while he had, he didn't quote directly, he did pretty much basically. Okay, here he, he put it like this. You know. Uh, with the the next two like the next two Captain America movies are going to be shot back to back. Oh, and the next two Avenger movies are being shot back to back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So well, it is weird. It says here he just started his workout routine the day before to get in shape for the next two Captain America. But I think they they meant they should. Have, I think they were meaning uh, Avengers films. But so because those two are going to be shot back to back beginning in April. But he right. said after that he's not wearing the costume anymore, and you know he will fulfill this contract. And the thing is, he has a passion for directing, and as long as he was you no know, doing the Marvel the Marvel movies, and going on the the like the tour circuits, and you know all the promotional stuff that goes with you know with making the movies, he he wasn't he really didn't have an opportunity to pursue other roles or to even get to get into uh, directing like he wants to. So that being the case, it, it looks like after Avengers Infinity War, we're not going to see Steve Rogers as Captain America anymore. And so, you know, you guys can um, begin the speculation. Is it going to be Sam Wilson or is it going to be Bucky? Okay, now now we throw the rant. Oh my god, fanboy, social justice warriors. It, it should be Sam because he's, he's it now and that character needs to be a black man. Uh, that, you know, that's, what's, it, that's what's coming. But, you know, but I, you know what? I liked, I like Bucky as as as, 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 as no, wearing the uniform. I both liked of Bucky. them have done it. They, they, they both have done it, and the thing is, I like Falcon. Let let me have Falcon for a little while. You yeah. know? I think this particular Falcon deserves to be developed. A little bit longer. Yes. Because, all right, this is not to say that the Sam Wilson in the comics is boring or less of a character. No. But, okay, I guess I'm saying, by comparison, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Because the MCU Falcon, I find him more interesting than I ever found the comic book version. I liked I liked the Falcon from um, the red, white, the red and white costume days from like Mm -hmm. the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. I think that was a much better, much better story. Right. Yeah. Or a much better character. Well, you know, I think that, um, all right, Sam Wilson has, Sam Wilson has a depth to him, but he, the thing is, he doesn't. What Sam Wilson needs is a Brian Michael Bendis to come along and realize him for the gym that he truly is. Brian Michael Bendis has a, has a love affair with Luke Cage, and I, I would argue, huh? I I don't think Bendis is the right person. Throw Jason Aaron on him. Uh, you know, if J- if Jason yeah. Aaron, I, I I'm all for it. You know, I I think that Luke uh, not Luke Cage. I I think Sam Wilson needs that. Like whereas like Brian Michael Bendis took Luke Cage from the street and and, and brought up all these all these nuanced nu- nuanced uh parts of his personality and 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 some of it may have been retconned, but that's fine. I don't care. It may. It made for a more interesting Luke Cage so that you're getting Luke Cage now as 
father, husband, still uh, best friend, and still hero for hire. So I, I think that I, I, I think that Sam Wilson deserves that too. But I agree with Eric. I feel like Sam Wilson, the Sam Wilson that we that we're getting on the big screen, should be developed more. I, I, I'm liking what we get, and now and I want more of that. Did you read Moon Knight, Kylan? Uh, yes, yes. I wonder how Jeff Lemire would do with that. Uh, eh, wrong answer. Because uh, oh. Jeff Lemire quits Marvel. What? <laughs> uh, if you've caught the new round of sol- solicits from Marvel, um, mm-hmm. Jeff Lemire is writing less and less for Marvel. Uh, after writing a lot of stuff... Uh, after becoming exclusive with Marvel back in April of 2015 and being named lead writer on the X-Men after Bendis left to suddenly writing nothing as of May of 2017. Wow. Um, as soon as IVX finishes and Thanos, he's off Old Man Logan. He's off Moon Knight. He left Extraordinary X-Men and there's nothing from Marvel to replace any of it. Really? Um, so he, some thought he, like other Marvel A-list creators, may be working in advance on some new work for, like, the Make Mine Marvel, not a relaunch later in the year. Uh, but gossip coming out of Emerald City Comic Con was that he quit Marvel completely. Uh, his two-year exclusive deal may be coming to an end, and he's not looking for it to be renewed. Uh, and, of course, this is joining the likes of Matt Fraction, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Ed Brubaker, and Rick Remender. Hmm. Uh, and more on the... You know, so... And then breaking, uh, bleeding cool then comes out with this brilliantly titled headline. Yes, Marvel, Jeff Lemire did quit you. Um, the, uh, what was this? Uh, where did he post? Uh, he mentioned something. Um, I don't know where this quote came from, but he says, don't get me wrong. I love working in genre. The sender continues to be as important to me as ever. And unless I have a complete meltdown between the time I write this and the time you read it, I would imagine I'll still be writing superhero stuff from Marvel. And I know that one day I'll go back and draw another big genre story like Sweet Tooth. But right now, I, I really want to do what I need to do is, real, is Royal City. Okay. Now, um, then March 7th on Twitter, for those asking about my Moon Knight, Logan, and Thanos storylines, um, will all end as planned. And then some fan comes in, planning any DC work or focusing on image, etc. Lemire's reply, next few months I will be focusing on creator-owned. Marvel, Axel, etc. were great to me. Just wanted to do my own thing for a bit. Okay. So. Hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. Now, from the rumors at ECCC, uh, other creators coming onto the books that he has stopped were told by Marvel that he had been fired off the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but according to Rich Johnston over at Bleeding Cool, he says, but I also understand that's not the case. He gave his notice and finished all his work he has due, so... 
Um, mm. Basically asking for an out. Wow. Well, um, how much of a shock is that? That. Uh, mm, okay. Oh, well, you're here. We want you to take. We want you to write this book. Uh, isn't that Jeff's book? Uh, no, he's been fired. Well, honestly, I don't know that we're ever going to know the truth of the situation. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Because because this happens every single day. That's of course true. It does. I mean. It, some people say they're fired. Some people say they quit. Mm-hmm. There may be a little bit of both and a whole lot of neither. Well, hey, I'm going to quit this show after at the end of the show until next week. <laughs> so long as you don't fire me. Right. But yeah, no, don't well, fire you're, me. You're, you guys are fired until next week. <laughs> Whew, okay. All right. Well... <laughs> I tell you, there, there sometimes I wonder if the, the person who keeps coming up with these grand mega events for Marvel should, like, quit. Mm-hmm. There, there are just some times because I'm just I admit I'm having a hard time with the whole cap is Hydra agent kind of thing. I am, too. And oh, yeah. And the big summer event for Marvel this year is Secret Empire. Uh, and this is this is like Captain America is taking over the country with the forces of Hydra. Is, is this that make mine Marvel, but not a relaunch? Hey, you know crossover? what? I'm personally, I don't really care what you call it because I ain't coming. <laughs> I ain't, you call it anything you want, but it ain't coming to my house. So anyway, there is there was a, uh, a a companion comic that was just announced. As a matter of fact, just earlier this week, and it's a, a crossover with the X Men. Okay. Uh, the the comic is called Secret Empire United, and right. it's a one shot special. I'm reading from IGN.com here. Uh, it's a one shot special that will pit the X Men against Captain America and the forces of Hydra. The comic will be written by Jim Zub, former guest of the show. Yeah, uh, drawn by Ario and. Dito with Ryan Stegman doing the cover art. Now, uh, United unfolds as Steve Rogers is attempting to solidify Hydra's grip on the world. He'll come into direct conflict with Emma Frost and her faction of X-Men as they attempt to spark a rebellion in New Tion, a mutant-controlled region of the United States. Okay. Uh, Jim Zub said in a Marvel press release, a Secret Empire United shows us both levels of Hydra's orchestrated takeover, ground-level conflict between ideologies and high-level mind Machinations by those in power. Uh, it's a super-powered thriller with twisted Avengers, X-Men, and Hydra all jockeying for their place in the new world that emerges from Secret Empire. Uh, now, there's one thing in uh, particular interest here because it's offering the first hint, and this is IGN talking, as to what role Emma Frost will play in the X-Men franchise in the aftermath of the Inhumans versus X-Men crossover. Uh, the final issue of Inhumans vs. X-Men suggests a return to Emma's villainous roots, but it looks as though she'll be leading her own rival X-Men faction instead. Uh, let's mm. see. So, yeah, I, there is a there is a teaser image in accompanying the article, and it is showing Emma Frost in some kind of battle garb. It's not her white garb; it's like black garb, right? With uh, with with studs on it, and looks like kind of leathery kind of thing. But she has a helmet that looks a lot like Cyclops's. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, you know, it's got the red X visor kind of thing. So it's almost like she's taking. It, it, it almost looks like Magneto's helmet with Cyclops's visor on it, and it just makes me wonder. 
is she kind of borrowing some of Magneto's motif images here? Because the the cape with the shoulders, it it and the, and the color scheme, it's starting to look kind of Magneto-ish. And I wonder if she's not adopting a similar mindset here. Uh-huh. Because you know Magneto, you know he keeps saying, you know, I'm fighting for mutant kind. I'm I'm doing what you know by any means necessary to liberate you, you know, mutants from the slavery of uh, or the tyranny of of humans. What if she's trying to follow that same thing? You know, trying to liberate everyone by any means necessary from Hydra. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, that's that's a lot of extrapolation, a lot of supposition based on just one page. But sometimes one page is all you need to throw the hint. Doesn't take much. No, it doesn't. So, hmm. so this, I got. I, I'm just gonna say I got burned on Inferno. Okay. Well, not not really burned on on Inferno. I think it was Atlantis attacks. Really, that right. Really, that just kind of broke it for me. That just said, you know what? I'm kind of done with these mega crossover deals. I, you know, I don't understand why there has to be one every year. There doesn't. Kind yeah, of but it's there, to there, a point there doesn't. That, but it's getting to a point they're almost doubling it. There, there's like almost two a year. Right. Coming from like Marvel there's a now. winter event. There's like a fall winter event and a spring summer one, and I'm like, you know. Oh, we, we, we got we to gotta do this. Oh, we're, our competition's doing this. Well, we need to do that type of thing as well. Oh, well, that's changing. And they're going back towards this. Well, our numbers are hurting. We need to go back and do it this way. That's what's coming okay. across us. It really, it really is. Guys, I remember hearing Bob Hope, and this is going to be a weird track for a Marvel show, but Bob Hope said that he was he would not do more television specials because if everything in life is special, then nothing is. Exactly. Exactly. And and that just, it, it speaks to this situation as well. Yeah. If you do these big, epic, mega crossover deals too often, mm-hmm. they'll lose the appeal. They won't. They won't have that flash anymore. I mean, you you remember how major Secret Wars was? Yes. Oh, yeah. Secret Wars was twelve months, and 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 it, and it promised to change the Marvel universe, and it did. Much like over at our distinguished competition, um, Crisis of Infinite Earths, because mm-hmm. back then you just didn't have major brand changing events like that it just didn't happen so like when you when you did do that you you jumped on you jumped on with both hands and held on tight you know but now it's like you know it it goes from secret wars to you know civil war to secret wars to to avengers versus x-men to you know secret x-men and i'm like you know it's See, what Crisis and Secret Wars had going for them is that they were that that subject that concept of the mega epic crossover was still a new one it was yeah. that's true now it's it's everyday happening mm-hmm. i just I, I think you just need to back off of it you're reaching a point of diminishing returns from it mm-hmm. focus on making good stories focus on making good characters yeah. please you know, because I, you know, I, and for a while, can we get stories that don't have politics involved too? Yeah, I think we. I, I, I think. And, no, it, speaking as someone who has a somewhat political bent, 
I, I kind of would like to kind of let's escape that a little bit. I, I think I would like that. You know, we get enough politics in our normal lives. We do. We do. Yeah. You know, I. If, if if Daredevil has to fight the hand, you know, to to you know to to take back control of Hell's Kitchen, fine, take me there. I will read it, you know. Or I don't know what, you know. Just I I think I think I need my. I need my comics to provide an escape again. I think that need, I, I think need that's where escape. I am. Yeah. And right now, I get it with uh, with the Star Wars titles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of titles. It's time for Picks of the Week. And I couldn't. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't find it for a second. Um, so how about this? Uh, Eric, why don't you start first? Okay. Um, I think my first pick of the week is going to be a number four. It's going to be Rocket Raccoon number four, written by Matthew Rosenberg, artist Jorge Coelho. I have butchered that that butchered that last name. I know it. But anyway, it's a good artist. <laughs> Rocket <laughs> is under arrest. After a disastrous fight with Craven the Hunter, Rocket finds himself in a shield prison. But when has that ever stopped Rocket from wreaking havoc? Oh my God. Rocket in a shield prison prison kind of like rocket in the kill that didn't last too long did it no no like a day yeah um kylan why don't you go next all right, uh, let's go with uh, Black Panther number twelve. Uh, the writer is Tennessee Coates. Penciler is Brian. Penciler and cover artist Brian Stelfreeze. A nation under our feet. Epilogue. The dust settles and peace comes to Wakanda once again. That is, if our political leaders can come to terms. T'Challa finds himself in the last place he ever expected: a republic. Okay. Yeah. Well. My first book of the week is Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 14. Only because it was just kind of a rough week for me on on picks. (laughs) Uh, Madam Hydra, she's been pulling the strings on Captain America's life since before he even existed. That's it. That's it? That's it. Wow. Intern didn't get paid by the word, that's for sure. Well, it's it's the (laughs) title. <laughs> well, my second pick of the week is The Unworthy Thor, number five of five. Uh, written by Jason Aaron. Ah. Artist, yeah, Olivier Coppel. The hammer of the ultimate Thor is finally within reach of Asgard's fallen son. Is redemption finally at hand? Well, no matter what happens next, life will never be the same for the Odin son. Okay. All right. Uh... My number two pick is Electra number two. Uh, the writer is Matt Owens. The penciler is Juan Cabell. And the cover artist is Elizabeth Tork. Electra comes out to play. Yay. I'm sorry, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist it. That was pretty good. Thank you. Uh, Electra has tried to lie low, but she finds herself in the crosshairs of a dangerous force in Sin City. A string of clues, including high-tech weaponry, kidnappings, and assassins lead her to a game of chance more deadly than she ever expected. Can she outsmart this mastermind, or is she playing right into his hand? 
I could have sworn when I saw the cover for that mm-hmm. that it had Arcade's picture on it. I know. I thought I, I thought it had Arcade, but I, I don't know. That would be pretty cool now, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Our Arcade in Sin City? Hell yeah. Or I'm, heck yeah. Sorry. It, it, Thank you. <laughs> language. Captain America is upset by your foul language. <laughs> but only for one more movie. That's <laughs> true. Well, my second pick of the week is going to be Spider-Gwen number 18. Sitting in the Tree, Part 6, the conclusion to the Gwyn-Miles crossover. The final battle with the mysterious villain who plagues multiple dimensions. What will our heroes do with their newfound feelings for each other? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very. But I love the cover for this. The cover for this book is absolutely amazing. Okay. Let's check that out. Okay. Well, my final pick of the week is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 17. Written by Amy Reader with Natasha Bustos as the artist. And Amy Reader, because she wanted to get on the art act, too. She was the cover artist for this one. And a neat cover it is. Uh, Welcome to the X-Men, Nulana Lafayette. Storm and her extraordinary X-Men come to Yancey Street. Hope they survive the experience. Oh, there's a trope in and of itself. Welcome to somewhere. Hope you survive. That's like on every third comic book cover. Anyway, (laughs) Lanella Lafayette, a.k.a. Moon Girl, is finally getting the attention she deserves as the smartest in the world. Now, what I particularly liked about this issue is the cover. Right. You've got Old Man Logan, Storm, Colossus, who is sporting a mustache and a beard now. I am so out of date on this. It's kind of like, I love this look. (laughs) Peter looks good with a metal mustache. I'm just saying. And Forge. I love any issue where Forge shows up. (laughs) They're all sitting in Lunella's room as she's prancing around, finger-wagging at people. And Ah. and to top it, okay, there's also Nightcrawler hanging from the ceiling. I'm not sure that I like his outfit because he's kind of got a leaf mail armor look going. Right. Mm -hmm. But what you you almost miss on the cover is you look out of Lunella's window and you see Devil Dinosaur's big eye just looking in, kind of like, what's going on? Yeah. I can't fit in there. I'm not happy about this. So it's just that little, it's almost like an Easter egg in and of itself. It's just one thing. If you're, it's, it's in the dead center, but your attention is so focused on other stuff. Right. That you, you about don't see it. Yeah. Uh, nope. Man. Uh, so that's guess, my final pick. Uh, here's my final pick. And this, it's a good one. And it's going to go really fast. I have Iron Fist, number one. Um, and I have nothing <laughs> like it doesn't give me a cover artist. It doesn't give me a writer. It doesn't give me anything. So this story can be anything you want it to be. If you believe in yourself, boys and girls. Well, I'll make up for it. My, okay. third, my third pick is not a monthly title. It's a trade paperback. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, volume five, only squirrel in world. Squirrel Girl takes Nancy to visit her mom in Canada. What could, what could possibly go wrong, right? How about the return of a supervillain not seen for more than a decade? One that will prompt the interspecies team-up you've been waiting for, squirrels and ants. And also Squirrel Girl and Ant-Man. It will be huge or tiny. Then, when Taskmaster strikes with his uncanny ability to duplicate any superhero super type sweet moves... Who will stand between him and total domination? You probably guessed Doreen Green, but you're wrong. It's actually Nancy's cat, Mew. 
It's a story of one feline and all the feels. Plus, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of our unbeatable hero, her co-creator, William Murray returns to write his only second-ever Squirrel Girl tale. And he's bringing the Hulk. This collects Unbeatable Squirrel Girl issues 12 through 16. Ooh. Okay. So now we got wow. The I was kind of quick spinning that back around into a uh, trade paperback because I just talk, I want to say I just talked about those. I remember talking about the Mew one recently. Right. Right. So yeah. Um. So yeah. I, I actually we got the Marvel Unlimited pick yet to do. We do, and um, and it, well, you know, I I, I kind of like to coordinate. You know that, and I don't remember doing this one. So let's go with the first appearance of Dare, uh, first appearance of Iron Fist, um, which is Marvel premiere number fifteen in uh, nineteen seventy-two. Um, so the penciler is Gil Kane, and the letterer was Gaspar Saldino. Letterer is L.P. Gregory. The editor is Roy Thomas. Inker was uh, Dick Giordano, and the colorist is Glennis Oliver. Okay, I remember Glennis. Glennis seemed like they, Glennis did a lot of work for Marvel. It seemed like it once. It seemed like Glennis, Glennis owes me money. Uh oh. <laughs> Are, are, are you heading up to New York at some point? No, nah, I'll get it when I get it. <laughs> so, so the short the short of this is this is Iron Fist's debut issue. The long of it is you get to see, um, and that's why I consider a snapshot of what the, what the Iron Fist. What being an Iron Fist means, and you know what he's capable of, uh, as well as the full story of his origin. Um, it's uh, you know it is a fast read. Um, it's incredibly fast, but is such a good um, it's a good story. In fact, I uh, I believe you get the follow up with uh, sixteen as well, uh, being one full story. So I suggest that if you if you're gonna start with Marvel, Marvel Premiere 15, just go ahead and continue with 16 and finish the story out. Uh, it's not. It, it is the thing it is such a fast read, and I I don't know. I remember for, I remember reading this, um, and I don't know. It it, it just it, it has almost like a breakneck pace because there's so much action in it, like so much action, and. Um, I, I, there's, there's the, I, I, I would just keep going on and on about this because this was such a treat for me to read. And mind you, uh, Marvel, Marvel Presents, uh, was such an awesome book, uh, at, at the, at the time. I wish they would bring it back, to be honest with you. It is a great way to be introduced to new characters and maybe even see some stories that would be more of a one shot as opposed to having a, two to three issue story arc and that, that's what they would do with that book so having said that you're gonna have some fun if, if you want to get some background on iron fist uh before you get into the series or if there's something it feels like it's missing jump in on that read it as fast and then get back in on the um get back to binging cool well yeah. how, how about this how about a very if i can't find this stuff how about a little quick round of 
Marvel Feud. All right, cool. Let's do it. Where people who have absolutely no freaking clue about Marvel is polled these Marvel questions. Got exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. Critics? A <laughs> <laughs> hundred critics polled. Um, six answers on the board. Name the sport uh, that Luke Cage probably most enjoys watching on television. Name the sport. Correct. Kylan, you first. See how well you know Luke Cage. Football. Number four. Boxing. Number two. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to hate this because I don't think this is Luke Cage. But I'm going to say it and I'm going to be uh, basketball. Number six, with only one person mentioning basketball. Really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. Pro wrestling. Number three. Man, when I say What's... quick round, <laughs> it's a quick round so far. Oh, man. So, okay. So, only thing, only thing that's missing is number one now, right? One, number one, and number five. Okay. Let me see. Um, Let's go with... Three, two... Baseball. Mm. I didn't think you would do that. I had to say okay. something. I, <sighs> MMA, like mixed martial arts, that sort of thing. Number one. Ah, yes. Okay. So down to the final one. Number five. Kylan back um, to you. Soccer. Rounding it out. Soccer number right. five. And the victory goes to Eric on this one since he got no buzzers. Hey, there you go. So the score is... This, this I think, was actually the first good round because all these made sense. That's true. And I, you know what? I I almost said MMA, but I didn't think that somebody would throw MMA in there because, which, I mean, to me, I could see him watching that. 39 people threw it in there. All right, good. So, um, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Yeah. Any, Any final thoughts? Ugh. Haven't we thought it enough? <laughs> I, you know, I, any anybody with with the stuff that I said earlier, and I, and I stand by, I stand by my opinions. They are my own. But anybody, if you disagree with me, if you whatever, uh, write you know, write me, hit me, you know, um, was is it Kylan at we? Are, is the other email up yet? It is up yet. So, okay, it'll be Kylan at Mighty Marvel Geeks, or is it MMG? Kylan at MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Kylan at Mar- MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Hit me up there. If you know, let me know what you think. If you disagree with me, or if I, you know, I don't know. If I, if, if I, if you think I, I'm full of whatever. So, <laughs> let me know. I don't care. <laughs> well, how about you, Ky- or Eric? Kyle. I, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I, just I left got, it all on the field today. I, yes. just got, I just got one final thought. Between this recording and next week's recording, happy birthday, Eric. Happy birthday, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. So, And we will party hard at Celebration with a nice glass of chocolate milk. Okay. Not, ha- have one for me. <laughs> And Eric's just giving the stare of, you're an idiot, Mike. (laughs) I'm sorry I wasn't listening. I said, well, we're going to celebrate hard with a nice glass of chocolate milk. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) So, until next time. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. I will say this, I don't have birthdays anymore. I just okay. have anniversaries of my 20s. Is that ah. what that is? That's 
what that is. I enjoy turning 21 so much, I just do it every year. <laughs> now, now if we could just get the critics on board with half of this. Because, I, I'm sorry, the Dude, critic... nobody has ever erected a monument to a critic. Well, they they need to get on the ball with things and just realize you're, you're going to fool some of the people but people like us and people who are in the know they're they're whining it is it's just that it's it's crap it, it is and I'm like and it, and it just ruins their credibility in the end so credibility we don't need no stinking credibility 